the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Issuing company and other factors. The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. This is Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. I'm glad you're with us today. I'm praying today that as we as we walk through the scriptures together, as we look at what the Lord is doing today, that your heart will be moved. That you will say yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. That your heart would also desire what mine does. And that is revival. Revival isn't complicated. It's not something that God just decides to drop now and then on the church. Revival is literally a new beginning of obedience to God. It includes the backslidden, the unconverted. It includes anyone who wants to get right with God. It includes salvation for the lost. Now it's true that revival's are always a move of the Holy Spirit in cooperation with godly men and women who are willing to labor for revival in their churches and in their communities. The cry of my heart is for an inner church, interdenominational movement to revive all of us in Washington, D.C. and in the nation. So I'm not coming today to promote one church or one denomination We're about all Christians rising to a new level of holiness and obedience to God and then fulfilling the Great Commission by being effective witnesses to the lost, to their families, the workplace, schools, communities. On December 4, 2017, at 7.30 p.m., at the All Saints Church in Woodbridge, Virginia, the main sanctuary, we're going to hold a revival meeting. You can go on a web page, get more information. You can register for a newsletter. It's revivalnow.church, not dot .com, dot .church, revivalnow.church. But we're wanting to bring our families, the children, everyone, We'll have a time of praise and worship. We'll have some testimonies. And we'll have this very straight word of God. Go to revivalnow.church and sign up for the newsletter. Please, if, if you're interested in revival in Washington, follow us on Facebook and Twitter you'd like to join a prayer team I'm going to give you Alexandra's email address it's just Alexandra at nationalprayerchapel.com we need a prayer team in place that's already forming if you'd like to be a part of that you're welcome to be now we're really taking a historically rooted, a biblically rooted view of revival. 
When we think of revival, we think of the book of Acts. We think of the Welsh revival. Or we think of Azuzu Street, where the Pentecostal movement got its start. We think of Maria Woodworth Edder's revivals and Charles Finney's revivals. We think of Jonathan Edwards, John and Charles Wesley. We're going to look at a couple of those examples in just a minute. I spoke with a man yesterday, and I said, I want revival. And he said, well, when God decides it's time, there will be a revival. I said, no, I don't believe that. I believe God is ready for revival all the time. I believe he wants revival. I think he wants his people to turn from their sin and be cleansed and be made pure. And then I got a letter from a, a listener. If I can find it quickly, what he wrote. Let me read just a couple of sentences. This is a dear man. I love him dearly. But listen to what he says. Sinfulness does not prevent us from going to heaven. Having a stronghold that has not been broken will not keep us from going to heaven. Our sin will not keep us from going to heaven so long as we believe in Jesus Christ. However, if we live after the flesh, we shall die because this does not bring God the glory that brings salvation. It's obviously two opposite statements. Two opposite statements. And this misunderstanding is all through the church. The belief that we can continue to walk in our sin. And if we believe in Jesus, relax. Watch the games. Do whatever you like. Live the good American life. No sense of urgency. No sense of of compelling interest for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Well, when revival begins to happen in our hearts, we begin to wake up, and we begin to be concerned about our soul, and we begin to recognize that the Scripture teaches that you cannot walk in sin and walk in Jesus, that if you're in Jesus, every stronghold is broken. You are set free. So true revivals are always a move of the Holy Spirit. But they are in cooperation with godly men and women who have utterly turned away from all sin and all darkness and they are like a burning flame for Jesus. Most men today are following the devil. Oh, they're, they're not looking like they're following the devil. They're just following every concern of the world. They're following all of the information of the world. They're following the sports of the world. They're following the, the leisure of the world. They're, they're following after everything of this world with no sense of a heavenly destiny. Satisfied in shallow theology, intellectual theology, but they're not on their way to heaven. Breaks my heart 
to find men so proud and women so proud, thinking they're doing just great when they're not doing great at all. So true revival is always a move of the Holy Spirit, but he always moves second. We have to move first. Every great revival has had that that core of people who will pray, who will cleanse their lives by the blood of Jesus, who will choose to walk clean before him. If you look at the book of Acts, it's very clear that revival is the normal state of the church. Even now, revivals are occurring in many parts of the world, China, India, and other places. The lack of revival in the United States is a red flag, a billboard sign from God. Normal church, as we think of it, isn't normal church. It's abnormal church, and it's disturbing. The book of Acts calls for radical holiness, miracles, signs, and wonders, sinners being daily converted and added to the church. This is what God intends to be normal, church. And revival always happens in the context of a church. God didn't intend to save individuals from sin and hell and then leave them as individuals alone. He intended to build his church by bringing together those individuals who would lay down their lives for each other and work for the gospel. The Bible calls the church the pillar, the ground of truth. The church is the only means ordained by God to bring his kingdom to the earth. So very practically, it means that all righteousness and morality in society and in individuals is brought about by the church, by Christians. When we look at the church in America, we see lots of compromise. Instead of standing as the pillar and ground of truth, entire denominations have endorsed homosexuality gay marriage, abortion, the pervasiveness of debt, violence, lying, extramarital affairs, sex before marriage, pornography, smoking, drinking, gambling, witchcraft, pagan religions, and so forth. They all stem from the practice of the sins in the church, or at least the tolerance of them. Society is only going to rise as high as the church of Jesus rises. God called the church to be holy, spotless, without blemish. When God says this, he means that all our actions and speech are to be blameless. Jesus said, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. This simply means that if God wouldn't do something, then Christians don't do it. And if God would do it, then Christians do it. We have to have the same character that Jesus Christ had when he walked on the earth. And we do the same kinds of moral things that he did. So, when we look at all of this, we see that what's needed isn't just another church. 
What's needed is for a revival of holiness and obedience to God in the churches that already exist. Many Christians know there is more to Christianity than their present experience. You may be one who reads the New Testament and then compares it to your church and say, this isn't, this isn't the same. But everybody seems to be going along with it, so nobody seems to mind or see any way out. So lots of pastors and everyday Christians know that how we're doing church, how we're being church, isn't working. They see there aren't any real miracles. They see their friends and families and co-workers and classmates. They aren't receiving Jesus. They see that society is getting more and more godless. But what are you supposed to do? The problem seems so big and they're just one person. We love Jesus because of, because of that we won't leave the church. We see the promises of Scripture, of what the church is supposed to be. And they love the church. You love the church. We love God. But what do we do? What's the step we should take? That's what revival now is all about. It's to be a movement of God. It's to offer the way out for churches and for individual Christians to get back to real New Testament Christianity. That's what my heart cries for. That's what I want. So let's look briefly at a story in the scripture. King Asa in Second Chronicles, the 14th chapter. He was a godly king. He was the grandson of Solomon. When he became king, the scriptures say, Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He removed the foreign altars and the high places, and he smashed the sacred stones, and he cut down the Asherah poles. He commanded Judah to seek the Lord, the God of, the, of their fathers, and to obey his laws and commands. He removed the high places and incense altars in every town in Judah, and the kingdom was at peace under him. And it says the Lord gave him rest. For ten years the Lord gave them rest from every outside enemy. He built up his defenses against others. How did, revival being, how did revival begin for Asa? Well, revival began for Asa by making a decision that he was going to serve the Lord God of heaven and he began to cut off everything of darkness in his life and in the life of his nation. Cutting off all of the foreign gods, all the things that absorbed his time and energy that were of darkness. He cut them off. That's the beginning of revival. You want revival in your life? Then cut off all the world's entertainment. Cut off all of the things that you know are wrong. Turn to the Lord and ask the Lord Jesus if he would 
wash and cleanse you. Begin to spend time reading the scriptures and praying. And I'll guarantee you that revival will come to your heart and to your life. The coldness will be gone from your soul if you'll begin to seek the Lord God of heaven with all your heart. Now, a powerful Cushite army came against Israel and they were equipped with the very latest military equipment with their Abrams tanks of that day, their chariots and their horsemen, their cavalry. And the army was double the size of Judah's army. They cried out to the Lord. They cried out to the Lord and he heard their cry. And this army was crushed before the Lord and his forces. Now the Spirit of God, as they were returning, fell on Azariah. And he met them. And he said to them, Listen to me. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. to really ask a question, have you forsaken the Lord God of heaven? By your behavior, the way you use your time, the way you use your money, the attitudes of your heart, have you forsaken the Lord? Are you just buried in the wickedness of this world, in the mundane of this world, in the tasks of this world, and your heart is really not on fire for Jesus? That's why we're starting this Monday night day of revival. Every Monday night at the All Saints Anglican Church in Woodbridge, Virginia, we're calling for revival. We'll start small, and we'll totally give it into the hands of Jesus. I've already done that. It belongs to him. He'll bring to that place those who are hungry, to get right with Jesus. Who are willing to start the week off with the Lord God of heaven. Are you one of those? Go to our webpage. This is not the prayer chapel webpage. It'll connect you there only until this webpage is finished and up and running. But go to RevivalNow.Church RevivalNow.Church If you seek Him, He will be found by you. But if you forsake Him, He will forsake you. Now, He says also, be strong. Do not give up, for your work will be rewarded. Every possible attack has come against me and Alexandra, saying, quit, stop, it's hopeless, it can't work. Nobody will come. Every whispered attack of the enemy has been made to our hearts. We do not believe the enemy. 
we know we're willing and eager to lay down our lives, everything we have, everything laid down on the altar for the Lord Jesus Christ and for revival. Now, as the wicked nation of Israel saw that God was with Judah, many began to come and join with Judah. The king of of, Is, of Israel, they were, they were angry because it was a brain drain. Their best people were going over to Judah. And so he began to form a barricade to block the travel from Israel into Judah. He did not want his people to join Judah. Well, this made Asa very upset, and so he stripped the gold out of the temple, out of the treasury, out of the kingdom, and he sent this to Ben-Hadid. And he said, the king of Aram, he said, make a treaty with me and break your treaty with, with Israel. I'll pay you more. And so he did. And Hanai, the seer, came to Asa, and he said to him, Because you relied on the king of Aram and not on the Lord your God, the army of the king of Aram has escaped from your hand. It was God's intention to bring judgment on this wicked Ben-Hadid, on the king of Aram. And Asa stepped in the way of God. And the Lord was angry. He says, the prophet says, Yet when you relied on the Lord, he delivered them into your hand. For the eyes of the Lord ranged throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You've done a foolish thing, and from now on, you will be at war. And Asa was so angry. He put the prophet in jail. He treated harshly, mistreated the people of God. He was upset. And he was bitter. And as a result, his heart was cold toward the Lord. And the scriptures tell us that the Lord sent to him a a foot disease. And Asa would not go to the Lord in repentance. Asa would not turn to the Lord. He would would not make a genuine repentance towards God. Are you clean with Jesus? Are you clear with him? Do you see... Asa finally died with his foot disease, angry. You know, I see this scornful anger rise in the hearts of people who just blow up and say, if this is how you are, if this is what you're going to do, I'm not going to walk with you anymore. Oh, it may be covered with 
all kinds of emotion, but that's the heart of it, a scornful, angry contempt because I can't have my way. Is that how you are? Are you filled with anger and contempt toward anyone? Then you're doing Ace's number. And the Lord is warning against that. The Lord wants you to set to work promptly for a revival in your own heart. A true, deep, once and for all repentance. If you want this kind of revival to come in Washington, D.C., then you have to start with your own heart. And then I invite you to come to the revival meeting on Monday, December 4, at 7.30 p.m. at the All Saints, at the All Saints Church. Let me give you the address. It's 14851 Gideon Drive in Woodbridge, Virginia, 22192. To understand, we have to get right with Jesus. I see men who think that they are following after Jesus Christ but they're so full of their own life. They're so full of their own activities. They're so full of the world's leisure, the world's sports, the world's activities, and the intellectualization of the gospel that they have no passion for Jesus. I want to share with you quickly a story of revival. Alexandra pulled this out for me. It comes from Charles Finney, his book, Holy Spirit Revivals. He's going to preach a revival series, and at the appointed hour, he said, I found the schoolhouse full. I could only get a standing place near the open door. So they sang a hymn, the people pretending to sin, to sing. His ears were offended by the sound of their horrible discord. And then finally, He just stood there and waited until they were finished with that song that they were killing. And he cast himself down on his knees in a state of desperation. He began to pray. And the Lord opened the windows of heaven and the spirit of prayer was poured out. And I let my whole heart out in prayer. I'd taken no thought with regard to a text upon which to preach, but waited to see the congregation as soon as I'd done praying, I arose from my knees and said, Up, get you out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. I then told them that I did not recollect where the text was, but I told them very nearly where they could find it, and then went on to explain it. I told them that there was a man by the name of Abraham. I told them who he was. 
and that there was such a man as Lot, and who he was, and their relation to each other, and their separating from each other on account of differences because of their herdsmen, and that Abraham took the hill country, and Lot settled in the vale of Sodom. I then told them how exceedingly wicked Sodom became, and what abominable practices they fell into. I told them that the Lord decided to destroy Sodom and visited Abraham and informed him of what he was about to do. And Abraham prayed to the Lord to spare Sodom if he found so many righteous there. And the Lord promised to do so for their sake. And then Abraham besought him to save it for a certain lesser number. The Lord said he would spare it for their sake. And he kept on reducing the number until he reduced the number of righteous people to ten. And God promised him that if he could find ten righteous people in the city, he would spare it. Now Abraham made no further request, and the Lord left him. But it was found that there was but one righteous person there, and that was Lot, Abraham's nephew. And the angels said to Lot, Haste thou here and and run. Get your sons-in-laws and your sons and your daughters and whoever thou hast in the city and bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place because the cry of them is great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Well, while I was relating these facts, I observed the people looking as if they were very angry. Many of the men were in shirt sleeves and they looked at each other and at me as if they were ready to fall upon me at that very point. I saw their strange and uncomfortable looks, could not understand. I couldn't understand what I was saying that was offending them so. However, it seemed to me that their anger rose higher and higher as I continued the narrative. As soon as I'd finished the narrative, I turned upon them and I said, I understand that they never had a religious meeting in that place, and therefore I had a right to take it for granted, and was compelled to take it for granted that they were all ungodly people. I pressed that home upon them with more and more energy, with my heart full almost to bursting. I'd not spoken to them in that strain of direct application, and I should think more than a quarter of an hour, when all at once an awful solemnity seemed to settle down upon them, and the congregation began to fall from their seats in every direction, crying for mercy. If I'd had a sword in each hand, I could not have cut them off their seats as fast as they fell. Indeed, nearly the whole congregation were either on their knees or prostrate on the floor. I should think in less than two minutes from this first shock that fell upon them, everyone prayed for himself who was able to speak at all. Of course, I was obligated to stop preaching, for they no longer paid any attention. I saw the old man who had invited me there to preach, sitting about in the middle of the house and looking around in utter amazement. I raised my voice almost to a, a scream to make him hear, And pointing, I said to him, Can't you pray? He instantly fell upon his knees 
and he began to to praise God. I spoke as loud as I could and tried to make them attend to me. I said to them, you're not in hell yet. No one paid any attention. My heart was so overflowing with joy at such a scene that I could hardly contain myself. It was with much difficulty that I refrained from shouting and giving glory to God. Now, as soon as I could sufficiently control my feelings, I turned to a young man who was close to me and was engaged in praying for himself. I laid my hand on his shoulder, thus getting his attention, and preached into his ear. As soon as I got his attention to the cross of Christ, he believed and was calm and quiet for a minute or two, and then he broke out in praying for the others. And I then turned to another and took the same course with him with the same result, and then another and another and another. In this way I kept on until I found the time had arrived when I must leave them and go fulfill an appointment in another village. I told them this and asked the old man who had invited me there to remain and take charge of the meeting while I went to my appointment. He did so. But there wasn't much interest in what he had to say. There were too many wounded souls to dismiss the meeting, and so it was held all night. In the morning, they were still there. They were still there. They couldn't get away. Some had to be carried to private houses in the neighborhood to make room for the school day. In the afternoon, they sent for me to come down. They couldn't break up the meeting. When I went down the second time, I got an explanation of the anger manifested by the congregation during the introduction of my sermon the day before. I learned that the place was called Sodom, but I knew it not, and that there was but one pious man in the place. In him they called Lot. This was the old man that had invited me there. The people supposed that I had chosen my subject and preached to them in the manner I had because they were so wicked as to be called Sodom. This was a striking coincidence, but so far as I was concerned, it was altogether accidental. I've not been in that place for many years. A few years since, I was laboring in Syracuse, New York. Two gentlemen called upon me one day, one an elderly man, the other not quite fifty years of age. The younger man introduced the older one to me as Deacon W., elder in his church, saying that he had called on me to give me a hundred dollars for Oberlin College. The older man, in his turn, introduced the younger, saying, This is my pastor, the Reverend Mr. Cross. He was converted under your ministry. Whereupon Mr. Cross said to me, Do you remember preaching at such a time in Antwerp and in such a part of the town in the schoolhouse? In the afternoon, Sodom, and there was such a scene. I said, I remember it very well and can never forget, never can forget it. Well, he said, I was then but a young man and was converted in that meeting. He'd now been a very successful pastor. As nearly as I can tell, though, that revival came upon them so suddenly and was such a powerful type the converts were sound 
the work permanent and genuine. I never heard of any disastrous reaction as having taken place. You know, I read this story and I begin to, I want to just weep because I recognize that many times I've been far too pleasing. I've not confronted you at times with your sin. Now, it's not my heart to be hard. It's not my heart to be unfair. But it is in my heart to be honest. If revival does not come to America, America will be destroyed. We all know that. I hear Christian people saying that. Well, where's the revival going to begin? It has to begin in my heart. It has to begin in your heart. And it's very concrete what must take place. There must be a turning away from every self-indulgence. There must be turning away from every bit of worldly entertainment. There must be a turning aside from gossip. There must be a total turning aside from the lust for money and lifestyle. The church is not succeeding in America with reaching the lost and the dying. Why? Because the church is lost and dying. You have perhaps a few wonderful words that you say and you believe God is good all the time. Resting in Jesus. Trusting in Jesus. All of that's wonderful. I trust in Jesus. And God is good. The problem comes if in your life, in your heart, and in your mind you're compromised with the world. If you're compromised with the world, you need to be revived. What does revival mean? To begin a new life of obedience to God. Now, be honest with me. Does your conscience not judge you? Can you sit for hours and feast on the things of darkness and your conscience doesn't hurt you anymore? Can you busily go about all of the activities of the day and never take time to sit with Jesus and your conscience doesn't bother you? Have you so seared your conscience that you can just be a lukewarm Christian like it says in the book of Revelation to Laodicea, blind and naked and miserable, and you don't even know it? How can that be? Because we've, We've walked in the ways of darkness and the ways of the world and the feasting on the things of the devil. We've not given our hearts to the work of missions. We've not given our heart to saving the lost. We've not given our heart to our families that are lost. Instead, we've been pleasing. I tell you honestly, 
Far too often I've been pleasing, and I've had to repent with tears before the Lord for this. And so at the risk of you becoming very angry and turning this broadcast off, I have to come to you and say, if you have scornfully walked away, you have sinned against God. If you have judgments in your heart and you've hardened your position, you've sinned against Jesus. If you're so busy, let me ask you a question. When you're on your deathbed, will that busyness comfort your soul? I would guess that if I were to ask you what you did on Monday, you'd probably have a hard time recounting everything you did on Monday. If I asked last week, what did you do on Tuesday? You would say, I don't have a clue. I was busy, though. We've got to stop. We're being driven mad by the telephone the androids and the iPhones. They're called smartphones, but they're not. They're dumb phones. They dumb us down. We've got to answer honestly before the throne of God. Please. We've got to answer honestly before the throne of God. Are you utterly given to Jesus Christ? Are you utterly, without any compromise, are you given to Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Have you taken time with him? Are you walking faithfully with him? If you're walking faithfully with him, will you please come help me start a revival? And if you need to be revived, will you please come? Will you get serious with Jesus? Will you step in and do what God has called you to do? Will you come to the revival meetings at the All Saints Church in their main sanctuary? The All Saints Church is going to join us. The pastor is inviting the whole congregation to come. Would you come to this meeting? Will you give God a chance to talk to your heart? It's the All Saints Church. The address is 14851. Gideon Drive in Woodbridge, Virginia 22192 Go to revivalnow.church Sign up for the newsletter Would you do that right now? Would you go sign up for that right now? Revivalnow.church And if you would like to be a part of a prayer team or a music team would you call or would you email Alexandra at Alexandria at nationalprayerchapel.com That's just Alexandra at nationalprayerchapel.com If you'd like to be on a 
a worship team or on a, a prayer team, if you'd like to work as an usher, if you'd like to serve, if you're walking clean with Jesus and you'd like to be a part of this movement, then come and join. I want to pray for you. Almighty God, I know your heart is to turn men and women from darkness. I know your heart is to love us and save us even from ourselves. Lord, I plead today for the moving of the Holy Spirit to establish revival in Washington. Lord, we're making the first move. We've arranged a place and a time that's within everyone's reach. Lord, we're going to come together in your name, prepared to repent, prepared to turn aside from every thing of the world, the flesh, and the devil to have sin broken from our hearts, to find healing in our bodies, to experience the moving of the Holy Spirit as he's poured out. Lord, I pray for your mighty hand, but I pray even more for your face. For it is intimacy with you that my heart longs for more and more and more. Lord, I thank you for your kindness and your love and your mercy. Lord Jesus, have your way. I pray in your holy name. Amen. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley the National Prayer Chapel. If you would write to me, this month is winding down and the radio bill is impossible for us. But if your heart is touched and moved and you want this radio broadcast to continue, would you write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. We worship together at 12 noon at the All Saints Anglican Church, and you're welcome to come and worship with us this Sunday. It'll be a joyous time of thanksgiving. You're welcome to come. God bless you, my brother and my sister. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy with Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.